Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Rod Cleef about the psychology of success. Rod Cleef, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me, John. Let's have some fun today. Yeah, I was great chatting with you in the pre-interview and just getting to know you a little bit. And you have such a an interesting background. You've done so many different really cool things. I'll share your bio here in just a moment. Um, but there's so many things we could talk about. We're going to hone in and talk specifically about the psychology of success today and maybe weave in some other themes into that conversation. So I'm super excited for that dialogue. As we get started, I wanted to share Rod's bio with everybody. Rod Cleef is a multiple business owner and philanthropist who is passionate about business, high performance, real estate, and giving back. As one of the country's top businesses, real estate and peak performance luminaries, Rod has built over 24 businesses in his 40-year business career, several of which have been worth tens of millions of dollars. He has also owned over 2,000 properties. He soared from humble beginnings as a young, impoverished Dutch immigrant into incredible success. His experience involves both remarkable triumphs and spectacular failures, which he affectionately calls seminars, and he will explain in our conversation today, the mindset required to recover from losing $50 million in, in a, the crash of 2008 to the success that he enjoys today. So again, Rod, it's a pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to add by way of just kind of general background before no, we launch no, into I, your story and the, in the dialogue? No, it's actually painful to listen to it. So I'm glad we're through it. No, I, you know, if you just give me an opportunity to tell, I'll expand on it. And I think Really expanding on a little bit of my background will will tie right into the whole conversation around strategies for success. So, yeah, we can have some wonderful. Let's let's start there then. Start with your story. Tell us about um, how you developed this psychology for success based on your history of both triumphs and failures. Yeah, plenty of plenty of failures. But again, they're only a real failure. If you don't get back up, you don't get the lesson. We fail our way to success. You know, I got to meet the billionaire owner of Spanx, uh, Sarah Blakely, you know, the women's undergarments that hold it all together. She started with $5,000 and and she, uh, you know, I think they just sold it for several billion. And, um, you know, she told me that her, I met her at her mastermind and she told me that her dad used to ask her and her brother once a week, you know, what have you failed at this week? And I thought, what an awesome question, you know, to ask, um, you know, your kids. And I wish I'd have known that 
um, you know, when, when my kids were impressionable, which they aren't anymore, but uh, I thought, what an incredible question. So, um, so I, I immigrated to this country when I was six years old. Um, I was born in the Netherlands, you know, Holland, wooden shoes, windmills. Um, and we immigrated with my brother, Albert, and my mother's Vancha and ended up in Denver, Colorado. And I'm going to tell you, we really struggled initially. Uh, I remember, you know, eating expired food because we, we shopped at an expired food store. We drank powdered milk with our cereal in the morning, which I promise you sounds better than it is. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, I wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I lied about my age when I was 14 at Burger King, got a job flipping burgers so I could buy my own clothes and then ultimately buy a car. Now, I'm sure you've got listeners, John, that have had it harder than I did or maybe even have it harder now, but I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids so that we'd have enough money to eat. And she was a bit of an entrepreneur. She invested in the stock market successfully. She also invested in real estate. And with her, uh, you know, babysitting money, she um, uh, bought the house across the street from us um, when I was about 14 for about $30,000. And when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep, that that's gone up in value that much. And I'm like, What? Screw college, mom. I'm getting into real estate. And my dad is a professor like you, John. And so that was a big deal. But, uh, you know, I got into real estate and my first year in real estate, I made about $8,000. This is 1978. My second year, maybe $10,000. But my third year, I made well over $100,000. So what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10x my income? Well, what happened was I met a guy that taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology, how really 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that, your mindset and psychology. Only 10 to 20% is the mechanical information that, you know, I talk about on my podcast. I teach people how to buy apartments buildings, but that's mechanical. But the, the, real, the real juice is in the mindset and psychology. And so fast forward to today, I've owned a couple thousand houses that I've owned, long, you know, uh, rented long term. I've owned, I own thousands of apartment units. I've built 27 businesses in my 44 year career. Several have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Most have been spectacular flaming seminars. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur as well. I got that from my mom. But it's been mindset and psychology that has propelled all of this. In, in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you might be saying, wow. And I said, wow. And I got a head so big, I could barely fit it through a door. And you know, when that happens, God of the universe will give you a nice little smack. Well, that was 2008. I lost $50 million conservatively in 2008. And so, you know, what I'm known for on my show and, and you know, and, and just in general is talking about the mindset it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place, but then the mind as important, or maybe at least fairly important, the mindset it took to recover from losing everything. And so, you know, um, let's, you know, we can drill down on that. And so, John, I think the first thing that I would say, and this question I get is, how did you recover? The first thing I would say to that is it's, it, I was able to reassociate with what I wanted and why I wanted it. Okay. So, um, Goals are critical because you have to have what Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich, calls a burning desire. And you have to have that ability to push through fear or to push through limiting beliefs. I remember, you know, my mom, uh, when I immigrated, when I was six, I got thrown into school. I didn't speak English. And I found out what bullies were for the first time. And my mom, God bless her heart, proud Dutch woman that she is, thought it'd be a great idea to send me to school in wooden shoes for show and tell in those leather shorts the Germans wear for Oktoberfest, you know, those lederhosen. So I got my butt kicked again. And then 
you know, the bullies would chase me home and she'd chase them off with a fly swatter. So you can imagine my, my butt getting kicked the next day in school. And I, I developed this belief that I wasn't good enough. And a lot of people have these limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not old enough, young enough, strong enough, whatever, analytical enough. And, you know, there's a reason that the acronym for belief systems is BS because 99% of them are just that BS. But you need that burning desire to push through those and to push through fear and to, and really to get uncomfortable. You know, the comfort zone is a warm place and a lot of people are in the, in it, but nothing grows there, right? And so the first, if you come to one of my boot camps, I, I have one coming up in July. If you have any interest in multifamily, it's going to be in Denver, a three-day boot camp. And I'll tell your peeps how to get a great deal on it if they're interested. But the first thing we do is a goal setting session on steroids. It's about a, an hour and a half because how are you going to get anything if you don't know what the heck it is, right? You got to know what you want. And so that's how I, that's how I got back was reassociating with what I wanted because it's very easy. It's human nature to focus on the negative. Now, I'm not going to lie for a few months. I was hiding under a rock feeling sorry for myself, but you know, then I, then I, um, Luckily, and this is another component of success, uh, is peer group. I was in an incredible peer group back then. I was in Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership. It's a mastermind. Um, then, and there were people there that were thriving through that crash, you know, and and making money. And there, you know, I was around people like, okay, you lost fifty million, get up, pussy, go back to work, and go make something happen, you know. And so that's the kind of people you want to be around. People that think what you think is hard is easy. People that will, you know, push you and empower you and validate you. And so. Um, you know, peer group is super critical. Um, and let me just finish up on 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 goals um, real briefly. So yeah, the first thing we do is this goal setting session, and 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 it's very powerful. And it's not just the stuff; it's everything you want to do, be, or have. Um, and so, you know, John, if you'd like, I can describe describe the process because it's a pretty powerful process, and your listeners could take notes. And if they're if you know if you'd like me to yeah, go down yeah. a little bit. Let, let's drill down here in just a minute. And just okay. to comment on a few of the things you shared, uh, sure. you, you shared a lot of really great ideas there. Um, I, I think the the limiting thoughts, the negative self-doubt, that's something I would love to just chat for a little bit more about, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more about because it, it's so pervasive. We all deal with it. We all yeah. have okay. very, we all have varying limitations that we have to deal with and we have different privileges. Yeah. And it's so easy in this world where we're society tells us, you know, immediate gratification, uh, all these outward performative signs of success, all of these sorts of things. It's so easy, so quickly, especially with social media, to just feel like you're failing, you're not successful. And most good things don't come easy. Most good things take grit and lots of hard work over a long period of time. And so, it's, it's so we can get sucked into self-doubt and imposter syndrome and limiting thoughts, whether it's coming from in, within our own head or if it's, you know, others around us who should be more supportive, but are, you know, kind of spewing their and projecting their uh, limiting thoughts fear. onto us fear, yeah. mm-hmm. and their fear, you know, mm-hmm. that all of that can really limit how we carry forward with our lives. And we end up living for other people rather than for ourselves uh, and for our families. And and yeah, thought, other thoughts. So if on you that. give me an opportunity, let me talk about how you deal with limiting beliefs. Okay. Sure, I teach sure. this. I teach this at my boot camp. So, you know, and, and there's so many different versions of this and you may not even be consciously aware that they're there. So you really have to look in the mirror. If you're listening to this and or watching this, you really have to look in the mirror and, and think about how you've reacted in certain situations, what might be driving that reaction. And, um, you know, I will tell you, I, I spent 20 years following Tony Robbins around the planet, and it was about six seminars in that I discovered 
that I was asking myself, how can I show them I'm good enough? And I cried for about 20 minutes. I, I mean, I was like, holy cow, that's it. That's the reason. And, and so here's what you do. I mean, I used to be the person that would be afraid to raise their hand in class, afraid of getting picked on or humiliated or embarrassed. I mean, terrified of it. Okay. And so what you have to do, if you've got one of these limiting belief systems is you have to drag it out into the daylight and look at it with your adult rational mind, recognize that it's BS. There's a, re like I said, there's a reason the acronym is for B belief systems is BS because, you know, we've have some, because 99% of them are, we have some you know, emotional event that 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 we remember consciously, or sometimes it's even subconscious that affects this and, and, and creates this belief system, this negative limiting belief system. And when you look at it with your adult mind and, and really look at it, you realize that it's BS. And so here's what you do. Here's the key thing. You, you've got to consciously think about it. OK, you can't just push it aside when it pops up. You consciously think about it. You look at it rationally and you recognize if anybody rejected me, they either didn't know that I've got a huge heart. I'm a gift from God. And, and I always try to do the You know, the, the, at least in my mind, I try to do the best I can. If they reject me, it's their own BS. And I had to come to terms with that. I had to recognize that and own that. And, and so, you know, whatever that belief system is, you know, I'm too young. Well, listen, there's, uh, there's incredible energy in being young. And, and God, we all wish when we get older that we had that energy while we were young or I'm too old. Well, with age comes wisdom. Okay, so you've got to look at it rationally, whatever, whatever that belief system is. And if you do that consciously, it will start to diminish. It's not going to happen the first time, the second time, the third time, but you do it enough times, it's gone. I mean, I speak in front of literally 10, 000, tens of thousands of people now, and, and you know, it, it's gone because I, I took the time to deal with it. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, absolutely. 
Good. Okay. And you were just about to go into more uh, a kind of a step-by-step approach. Yeah. Well, let, let me talk about my goal setting. Let me talk about my goal yep. setting uh, if you, if you don't mind. So, because it's really powerful because again, how do you get anything if you don't know what it is? And this is how you get that burning desire to push through these fears. Cause I'm going to tell you, everybody has fear. I don't care how, how big and, and uh, you know, dramatic and uh, successful someone looks on the outside, they've all got fear. And, and the, 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 the incredible thing about dealing with fear is action mitigates it, but you've got to have that desire to actually take that first step and take action. And so, you know, if you're listening, if you have have the ability to take some notes, do that. Or if you want, you can DM me on any social channel. My team's even got me on freaking TikTok now, but you know, whatever channel, I'm on all of them. If you DM me and say, Hey, send me your goal setting workshop. I've, I did this on January 1st of this year with music, with a guide you can download. And it's something awesome to do with your spouse, with your teenage kids. It's very, very powerful. So again, if you DM me, DM me and say goal setting workshop, I'll send that to you. Um, and I'm very responsive on social. So, so you'll get it very quickly, but, um, but here's the, here it is in, in a, in a nutshell. So basically you pick an hour when you have a lot of energy and you sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life, all the stuff, the houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, the money, the jewelry, the clothing, whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with stuff and take the lid off your brain. Imagine if you write it down, you're going to get it. If you want a private Island, you want a jet, a yacht, write it down. There's nothing you can't do, be, or have. You just have to, you just have to decide. Okay. And then take massive action. So, you know, write down all the stuff, write down how much cash flow you want from your investment, say in three years and 10 years, write down how much cash you want. in, you know, in case the, you know, what hits the fan fund in three years and 10 years, you know, write down. um, And then once you can't think of any more stuff, write down all the things you want to do in this lifetime. You know, you want to write a book, you want to travel to a certain place. I've got a travel vision board behind my green screen here, you know, of the things that I want to do. Um, So write that down, write down, um, you know, uh, I've got a friend that's ju- uh, that that uh, climbing every mountain over 14,000 feet. In fact, I think he's finished now. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Bu- bucket list stuff. I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane three years ago. I'll never freaking do it again, but it's done. It's off the list. So that's the kind of stuff. But once you can't think of anything else there, also write down what you want to learn in this lifetime. So it's not just the stuff. It's everything you want to do, be, or have. So what do you want to learn this lifetime? You want to learn a foreign language. You want to learn a skill set. If it's real estate, for God's sakes, come see me in July in Denver. You'll be glad you did. But but um, the bottom line is, is write all that stuff down to and everything you want to learn. Lastly, write down who you want to help. Write down how you're going to help other people. Why? Because we'll do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. And this is the fuel, guys. This is what gets your butt up in the morning early, stay up late, work Saturdays to do whatever you have to do to grind for a few years like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. This is that fuel. And once you can't think of another thing, it's a couple more steps. I need you to write down um, how many years it's going to take you to achieve each one of these goals. And there's no perfection here. Okay. You analytical ones, you know who you who you are. There's no perfection. Just put a, just guess at a number, a one, a three, a five, a 10 or a 20. Okay. So put a time limit on each goal, recognizing that as human beings, we will overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in five, 10, 20 years. And I'll give you an example of this. Now I'm going to preframe this example and a couple others that I'll give you by saying, this is not me bragging. Okay, because this stuff doesn't even interest me anymore, but I want to inspire you. So, so back when I lived in Denver, I moved to Denver, I knew I always wanted to live on the beach and there's no beach in Denver. I mean, but I would visualize the palm trees and the sand and the surf and all that. 20 years later, I built this incredible $8 million, 10,000 square foot mansion on the beach. And that was unthinkable when I was 18, but I just, I made that decision. I visualized it. You can call it prayer, whatever you want. I made it happen. Miss house is magnificent. I had the beach on one side I had my boats on the backside. It was a, called a golf 
Delta Bay. It was a slice through an island. But again, that was unthinkable when I was 18. So don't limit yourself. Now, once you've got a time limit on each goal, pick your number one goal. I mean, that goal, when you get it, you're like, oh, my God, you know, you've arrived when you achieve that goal. Pick that one. If there's a couple that are equally exciting. Just pick one. It won't matter for what we're going to do next. Put it on a separate sheet of paper. Then pick your top three one-year goals. Put those on a separate sheet of paper and leave some room in between them. I'm going to tell you at this point, you're ahead of 99.9% .9 of the people on the planet that do a New Year's resolution that's forgotten by the middle of February. But there's a couple more quick steps. I need you to write down under each one of these goals why it is an absolute must for you to achieve it. It has to happen. And you want to use emotionally charged words. Words are very powerful. Words like amazing, incredible, beautiful, wonderful. You know, you might say, so I can show my kids what incredible abundance looks like. So I can show my wife what it means to live a life of amazing success. You know, whatever it is. So we can have uh, unlimited freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, bring whoever we want. You know, whatever's going to juice you, write that down. Okay? Then... Once you've got a positive, some positive reasons why under each one of those goals, they, it has to happen, put some pain in there if you don't achieve it and make it hurt, okay? Here's why. As human beings, we will do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. Again, this is the fuel to make you get up and make this happen for yourself. So, so you put in there, so I don't feel like a failure. So I don't fail my kids. So I don't fail my husband or wife. So that I don't live a life of regret. You know, um, John, there was this nurse in Australia a hospice nurse. Her name was Bronnie Ware. And she took care of patients when they were about to die. And she asked him a question, a profound question, actually. And the question was, do you have any regrets? And she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? It was not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. I can't think of any worse fate than that, guys, okay? So if you feel, if you fear failure, Fear regret much more. Fear being in the same place you are now a year from now, unless you freaking love where you are right now. Okay, so this is what prevents that from happening. And the last thing is you must make declarations or get pictures of your goals. And I'll give you some public examples of this. Uh, and I'll give you some personal examples as well. Um, a great public one is Jim Carrey, the actor, the, the, the uh, comedian. When he was flat broke, wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he would go up by the Hollywood sign in LA and he would visualize cashing that check. And that's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. Another more recent example, Demi Lovato, the singer. When she was unknown 12 years ago, posted on social media, one day I'm going to sing the national anthem in the Super Bowl. Not this last one. Go watch the one before. Who sang it? I'll give you some personal examples for me. When I was 18, I became a real estate broker, okay, and, and, and I thought I needed to have a four-door car to show people houses, okay, and I got this bone-ugly Ford Granada, just a piece of crap. Well, I worked with a guy, the guy that first taught me about mindset. Uh, I dated his daughter, and he had a couple of Corvettes, and he let me drive one. I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. So I got a picture of a Corvette out of a magazine. This is before you could spell internet. And I put that on the visor of my Granada. Within a year or two, I had a beautiful Corvette. Again, I'm not bragging with these examples, but I'm going to – you replace these with what you want, okay? So let me preframe that. Okay, so this is when the TV show Magnum P.I. was out, okay? A detective story with Tom Selleck in Hawaii, I think. And he drove this Ferrari 308. It was the first time I seen an exotic car. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is freaking incredible. So I got a picture of that actual car, put on the visor of my Corvette. Within a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. Last example, I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini, okay? I had posters in my room growing up. And my son collected models of exotic cars. He had about 30. I've got them here in my attic, actually. And he had a model of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up getting, which I wrecked. So again, 
I, I don't know if you um do you do these on YouTube as well or just on iTunes, yep. John? Yep, YouTube? YouTube as well. All right, yep. let me let me show you. This is my planner, okay? And I'm a, yes, I'm a dinosaur. I use a paper planner. And in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years. Now the first pictures, 22 years actually. First pictures are my gratitude pictures. My children are 30 and 26, so these are pictures when my kids were young. Why do I have these? Because everything you bring into your life, you do it through gratitude. Gratitude is the most important emotion available to us to manifest what we want in life. So these are my gratitude pictures. I actually have a gratitude vision board behind this green screen as well. Then I've got pictures of the things that I wanted. This top picture looks just like that house on the beach that I had. I, I lost it in all the craziness. But I mean, I had 10 foot high glass like that, butt together, travertine floors. It looked just like that before I built it. These bottom pictures, I live in a compound now. I've got six buildings, uh, you know, a, a big main house. I got a two bedroom guest house on the water. I've got a media building where I now do virtual boot camps as well. And because God's got a sense of humor, I, can, I live on a bay. I can see my old house across the bay. It's literally right across the bay, the one I lost. <laughs> but look at the pictures there. You could, John, you can see the white walls, those white stone walls and those, the bottom two pictures. Look behind me. That's my backyard. See the stone wall? Is that crazy? And, and again, that's before I ever bought this stuff. And then I've got stupid crap like watches. I've got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches. That's still a vice. I'll, I'll admit to that one. There's a Lamborghini before I ever got it. Rolls Royce, Bentley, all this stuff that I got that I thought was important at one time because I had pictures. So get pictures, put them around you, uh, put them on screensaver, put them on the wall. They work guys. Okay. Now I know I've lost some of you analytical ones, but I'm telling you, this is how I had 50 million to lose and got it back. I know it sounds yeah. poofy, but it, it works. Well, and, and you you raised the point earlier that everyone has different priorities. And so for you, it's, it's these things that... Well, it was. It was. It's right. no longer at all. At, at right, all. right, okay. right. And every, everyone has different things. So the mm -hmm. point is, uh, understand your values, understand your priorities, and mm -hmm. then go after it. Go get it. And don't allow the negative self-talk and the limiting thoughts to get in but, your way. Get the props. Get the props. Put them around you. Yeah. I don't care if it's if it's an if it's an education. Get pictures that denote that. Get right. you know whatever it is. If it's a vacation spot. If it's a, a gift for a, a spouse. If it's you know spending time with your kids. Make sure these things are around you, so that you manifest them and 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 make Beautiful. them happen and live them. Yeah, it's super important. Great. Well, Rod, this has been a pleasure. I know at the time I have to let you go here in just a minute. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you. And okay. then give us a final word on the topic for today. I had all these other things to talk about, but okay, we will wrap it. Well, listen, let me say this. Um, if you have an interest in real estate, for God's sakes, come spend a couple of three days with me in Denver. So I've got a boot camp coming up July 29th, 30th, and 31st. You can come for $197. The price will go to $700. And if it goes up and you hear this later, just DM me. I'll get you that price. But here's the other thing. I'll also give you a couple of bonuses, uh, my deal evaluator software and my um, document library, those two alone are worth a couple thousand minimum. So it's, you know, 10 times what you'd pay for the event. But just know this, my event is not a sales pitch. It is three days of training. If you're interested in real estate, you really should come. But if not, listen, if, you, if you're not, come listen to my podcast, because even if you're not interested in real estate, I do a clip every week called Own Your Power. And that's what it's about, owning your power. This week was about the, the power that comes from playing to your strengths instead of trying to build your weaknesses. Every, and I've got hundreds of them on there. If you give me five minutes a week, I will juice you. My podcast is called Lifetime Cashflow to Real Estate Investing. And again, whether you like real estate or not, come listen because you really, uh, you know, I'd love to add value to you there as well. But the boot camp, if you're interested, text my name, Rod, to 72345. 
and then use the, the code bonus to get those two bonuses. But it, the, the website is multifamilybootcamp.com. But if you text my name, Rod, we'll send you that link. If you have an interest in real estate and you can't make the Denver bootcamp, go to realestatewithrod.com. I've got books and articles. Everything's free. Books, articles, videos, you name it. Tons of resources there that'll help you start this career of yours if you're interested. But uh, now, thanks for having me on, John. It was a lot of fun. And, and like I said, there, there are some other strategies like the peer group we talked about earlier and, you know, taking that first step, making a decision and, you know, and, and uh, pushing through fear and limiting beliefs and not giving up. And Rod, you know, this, this has been so much fun. Clearly you. we could go on and on and on. Uh, there's yeah. so much more and I would love to have you back so we can continue the conversation. Um, love it too. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Rod can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.